Welcome to Mums in the Making. Storm's grappling with the realities of being a new mum. And Rachel is currently pregnant. And neither of us has a clue what we're doing. And it would appear that neither do any of you. This week on Mums in the Making, we discuss birth plans. I would personally actually use that as birth preferences because a plan doesn't always go to a plan. It's actually what you prefer, should we say. Our toddler's favourite books. He read it so many times that he can actually recite the book from beginning to end. And the best things to gift a new mum. Don't load them up with sweeties and chocolate and brownies. Not because those things aren't delicious, but actually what you are desperate for is actual nutrition. Hello? (laughs) Hi there, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I am fabulous. I have just read The Postman Bear four times. I've read Ali Bali B ten times and I have read, uh, oh, I can't even remember what it's called, My Trip to the Zoo or something. Zoo keeps sending animals to some child unsolicited (laughs) and they are, (laughs) the child's ungrateful and keeps sending them back. That's the premise of the book and I have read it. A million times today. Well, but other than that, we, feeling good. Can we have a little bit more clarity on Postman Bear? <laughs> That's an evolution of Pat. Pat's gone. Aged out of his job. Yes. <laughs> Taking his pension. Yes. And, retired. And two friends. Okay. Postman Bear is more akin to myself. He only has three friends. He's got Mr. Mole, Mr. Frog, and Mr. Squirrel. He has a birthday party for four people. That's my kind <laughs> of postman. <laughs> but, but the ones you throw for other people have hundreds people at them yes <laughs> and and no. he he works as a postman just to be clear um no I don't actually think he works as a postman I think just to confuse matters because children don't need logic he is just posting letters to invite his three friends to his birthday oh misleading title I think so yeah so he's basically a voluntary <laughs> postman posting his own invite and also are you a postman if you're also a bear <laughs> There's a lot to unpack here. Yes, so post bear. <laughs> okay, post bear. Basically, Otis is at a stage now where he is picking favourite things and he has picked three favourite books and I have got him a gazillion other books because they're driving me mad, <laughs> but he still always picks those three books out of the pile. I've tried to hide the books and then he's just not interested in books at all. It, he just likes these three books. He knows what he likes. He knows what he likes. And most toddlers do know exactly what they like. And it is the same book again and again and again. Here's the mum squad with some of their toddler's favourites. And we'll start with Anne. Hi Storm, people, baby, or dinosaurs. Hi, my name's Laura and my little one's favourite book was The Gruffalo. He read it so many times that he can actually recite the book from beginning to end and even turn the pages at the right point. He's only three, so he can't actually read, but he literally knows every single word for word. Just the book, um, Guess How Much I Love You by Sam McBrackney. Um, he's a writer for from Northern Ireland actually, and um, it was a really lovely book that kind of sticks out for me as well. And um, song as well, just to throw that in, um, Edelweiss, um, something that I sang to him from he was tiny tiny and some sometimes I do um now as well that was Davina there and I agree sometimes a wee bedtime song is just what's needed anyway enough about me on to the pregnancy what week are we on what size is the baby what are we growing 31 weeks and she is the size of a courgette which 
is very long, <laughs> but does little to reflect her girth <laughs> because I feel like I'm feeling a lot of how big and round she is rather than long. Clearly and... not an organic crochet because they're significantly I mean, smaller. it definitely surprised me because she feels... She feels like a toddler at the moment, <laughs> like the 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 <laughs> extent to which she is scrabbling around there. She yeah. just refuses to rest. And we've talked before about when you you say to your partner, "Oh, I feel it kicking," and they do care in the beginning, but then they kind of get used to it, or yeah. the baby stops doing it as soon as they put their hand on, and you're like, "Okay, well, that was an anticlimax for both of us." But the other day, <laughs> Sandy was literally like, whoa, oh my God. Like he caught the real alien style movements in there. Belly movement. Yeah. And <laughs> do you know what he said? And I didn't even discuss this with him at the time, but it made me so happy. It <laughs> just looked so inexplicably happy. He held his hand on my tummy and she was doing her mad wriggling, somersaulting elbows and knees and feet. Gymnastics routine. Mm -hmm. And he went, Whoa, that's crazy. And he said, Thank you for doing this. <laughs> oh. And I was like, Oh my God. Because I feel like, particularly when you've had a hard time in pregnancy, whether it's vomiting or pain or all of the weird and wonderful things that we've discussed on the podcast so far, your partner and the outside world can only hear your version of events and it is whinging a lot of the time it is like well that sounds shit yeah <laughs> but <laughs> there's there's very little understanding of it but I feel like he maybe had a moment then when he realized quite how weird it was to have someone kicking you violently from within wait till you give birth I think at the moment you give birth, because I think pregnancy can be for a lot of women a really thankless task. Uh, you don't get men going around going, oh, thank you for having the baby. Thanks for going through this 10 months of absolute hell. Thank you for doing that. You know, they're mostly going, I can't believe I have to do all the cooking now and I can't believe I have to do all the washing now. And oh, my wife whinges all the time. And well, the bedroom's not quite what it used to be. Uh, but once you have that baby, I think the birthing process is a real eye-opener. That's like, oh my God, at that point, thank goodness that's not me. Yeah. Well, we had big chats about the birth recently because we went for a 4D scan, the repetition of our failed 4D scan because the wee one had her hands over her face, no paps, refused to be photographed. Madam Wrigley-a-lot wasn't uh, settling down for it. No, she was just like, nope, not today, guys. So we went back to have a second scan and she was much better behaved this time. We've got videos, we've got pictures. This is a paid-for scan rather than an NHS one. It makes your baby look like it's made out of plasticine. <laughs> but you get an idea of what their face looks like. And it was more for me to remind myself what the end goal is, which is, of course, to have a wonderful little baby. And we had some measurements done because they do a growth scan. Mm -hmm. And at your midwife appointment, they do the fundal height measurement, which 
Carla's discussed for us before. So they measure from the top of your belly to the top of your pubic bone. And that should reflect how many weeks gestation you are. And last time we had a funnel height measurement, she was a week ahead. And I secretly got excited. Like, does that mean she's going to be out earlier? And then at the 4D scan, much like your darling Otis's extra large head (laughs) measuring in the 95th percentile, the little one is measuring in the 92nd percentile overall. So that means out of a sample 100 babies. Oh my goodness. (laughs) My baby is the eighth biggest baby. Oh my, I am so shocked at that. And the reason I'm so shocked, this is a podcast so people can't see you, but you are not a large woman. I mean, what height are you? Five foot. Five foot and your baby is measuring in the 92nd percentile. Sandy, to be fair, is a big guy, but babies tend to be, uh, babies, babies tend to be smaller. Yeah, that's that size. Uh, Little girls tend to be smaller, don't they? They they still Mm. measure smaller than baby boys. So Not, Not this gal. So and, and what are we talking I, head size here? So the head is fine. It's un, That was the overall proportion. measurement. Okay. Uh, and she just seems to be measuring a week or so ahead. But we had our funnel height done again because obviously I asked, what should we do? We've got this these measurements from the, the 4D scan people and it says that she's massive. And they said, oh, your fungal height's measuring a week ahead, so it's still in the normal range. So if it were 95th, <laughs> if it were tipping the Otis scales, mm-hmm. then that's when they would do an LHS growth scan. But they're quite happy with what she's at just now. However, <laughs> I walked out of the scan thinking, okay, maybe I need to reassess <laughs> my birth plan And maybe Mm. I need to think about what the alternatives are because I was very keen to have a natural birth, not wed to it, as long as she comes out alive and healthy, etc. And you're healthy. And I'm alive, preferably. That's great. That's really my only mission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And when I found out how big she is and I feel so uncomfortable, I thought maybe it's time to consider an elective c-section okay so i have booked an appointment with a consultant which is what happens to discuss the options natural birth versus c-section and he or she will go over the pros and the cons but if you're seriously considering a cesarean section here is our midwife carla with some things that you should consider There are many different reasons for being offered a C-section now and they are based on an individual risk assessment of your circumstance and it's important that that risk assessment is done in partnership with you as the woman, with your consultant and your midwife and the risks and benefits of having a section must be discussed really openly and honestly and a good way to approach that discussion is by using the BRAIN acronym If you Google Brain Maternity NHS, it should come up because most trusts will use that. So B is for benefits. So what are the benefits of having a C-section for you and your individual circumstance? So you can ask that. What are the risks for you and your baby? Is there a risk of a vaginal delivery? Is that more than having a C-section and why? 
A is alternatives. Is there something else we can think about? Do we have to go for the C-section? Do we have to go for the vaginal birth straight away? What are we thinking about and why? I is intuition and that's your gut feeling. So does this feel right for you? Do you want to go down the C-section route? Do you want to have a vaginal birth? What do you want to do and what feels right? And N is for nothing. So if you do nothing with the decisions that you're being asked to make, then what will happen? And what are the risks, benefits and outcomes that are potentially going to happen because you do nothing? So that's a really good little tool to use when you're having conversations with your consultant or your midwife to really unpick and work out what is best for you and what is best for your baby at the end of the day. There's so much to think about. The scar, Mm -hmm. the recovery time. We live on the second floor and there are four flights of stairs to get to the flat. And... The fact that I'm so desperate to have control over my body. Now, every time I say that to a mum, they roll their eyes and go, yeah, you're not going to get that. I do get that I will still be breastfeeding and I will still have an infant hanging off me. However, knowing that my body is mine, (laughs) as in not having a small parasite eating everything inside me, and being able to move are very important for me. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the control of having that appointment, of going in and, and knowing when you're going to give birth to your baby and knowing that the operation lasts half an hour, thereabouts, and then you have a baby at the end, there's a lot of variables that are controlled in that environment. So we discussed all that today and Sandy heard that I'll have to inject, self-inject after. And that was an absolute no from him. (laughs) He was like, no, I cannot inject you. I will pass out. So I think it's a fair concern for Sandy. So here, do you want to hear my pros and cons of C-sections? Yes, I do. So I went for a C-section because I had gestational diabetes. The baby had to come early because it was measuring big. So it was two weeks early. I could either be induced or C-section. I went for C-section. I like the level of control, like you said. What I will say is I was worried it wasn't going to be as romantic and as magical as a natural birth. Now, having not had a natural birth, I can't tell you a direct (laughs) comparison. But what I can tell you was it was magical. Like, it was really special. It was really calm everyone was in really high spirits it, it took what felt like five seconds and the baby was there just sort of popping over this little curtain and then he cried I mean it was it was gorgeous so I have no qualms or reservations or or regrets rather about that um <laughs> when you describe it as magical I'm imagining like a snow white scene where there's an open window that birds are flying <laughs> and just resting on the edge of the curtain as you have your baby lifted from you yeah if by (laughs) words you mean anaesthetist um sure (laughs) but no it was really really special and I I only spent 24 hours in the hospital within that 24 hours they wanted me to get up and go for a wee and empty my catheter bag so you are up and mobile they give you enough painkillers that there's no real pain for me certainly I didn't suffer any pain I also didn't have any complications the scar is really tidy for me it's just one pale white line 
Um, still a little bit red around the edges. That's a year on, but it's fading at a tremendous rate. And I, I'm not bothered about the scar um, one little bit. What I will say is I used to have really strong abdominal muscles, but once they've cut through that, you don't have them anymore. And it takes months and months and months for those uh, that strength in your abdominal muscles to come back. I'm still not very strong but I haven't been going to the gym and I haven't been focusing on it so I would say that's a bit of a drawback also when Otis is playing on me occasionally he'll kick the scar area and there is still some residual pain that I get occasionally and that can be quite sore and quite protective of it and sensitive it also means you have to wait a little bit longer if you want to have another baby and I am considering having another child which um is annoying because I'm also <laughs> a geriatric mum um, so the frustration of having to wait is is a little bit annoying. And after you give birth and you come home, everything's fine in terms of mobility for me. I, but two weeks after giving birth, I still had this adrenaline surge. Everything was getting tidied. Everything was away. It was bizarre. So I had no problems with that. But care did have to do for 10 nights injections into my bum and thighs um, for anti-clotting medication. And that was very traumatic for him. But to be honest, and this isn't, I'm not trying to give Sandy a hard time here, but really you haven't had the half of it. So if you can't get that done. He he couldn't he couldn't watch me get my blood taken today. Yeah, I'm pretty bad with injections. So, I mean, do I want an unconscious six foot five man just like <laughs> keeling over like a log in the forest while I've got a needle stuck in my thigh. Listen, if you went for a natural birth, there's a chance that you might have to go in for an emergency C-section anyway, in which case yes. he'll still have to do those injections. So I suggest to Sandy, he wraps his head around the fact that he's going to have to pull himself towards himself. See, that's that was my point today when we were discussing with the midwife, because as you say, they, are, they do lean towards natural birth. So mm. they're already giving you the lean the, the pros of natural birth and yeah we talked about the fact that to my mind so many of my friends have gone in with the best of intentions to have a natural birth they've spent god knows how long 36 hours in labor and then they've gone okay emergency c-section so everything was for nothing you know all the pushing all the pain all of the bouncing on the ball in the hospital or whatever it was that they decided to do to try and encourage the baby out and then it gets it's an emergency c-section anyway i should also mention that i went into labor on the morning of my c-section so as i woke up that morning i was starting to get um contractions oh wow yeah, bizarre. So the timing was incredible. So I went into the hospital and said, listen, I'm due to get a C-section. I'm booked in. Storm, okay. And they were like, great. I said, I should probably tell you. And I was debating whether to tell them because I thought maybe they're not going to give me the C-section now. <laughs> I should tell you, I think I'm having contractions. And they said, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm feeling reasonably serious pain every five minutes regularly. Um, and they were like, mm, that sounds a little bit like you are, <laughs> yes, in labour. And those, so I was left for about three hours, I think. And those contractions got stronger and stronger and stronger. And put it this way, I was very happy with my choice um, mm. by the time nine o'clock came around and it was my appointment because they are, they're, I got to the point where it was like a period cramp, but you know, the ones that make you sit down. Yeah. You know, you get a period cramp that you're like, oh, and you have to hold mm. something near you. That stage. And that was just still very early. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many variables. Natural birth versus C-section. And only you will know what's right for you. But in the interest of fairness, since I can't really comment on a natural birth, I thought it was the perfect time to hear from the mum squad and hear their experiences of a natural birth. We'll start with Davina. Oh, hey Storm. Um, I just thought I'd pop you and I said I saw your story. So, um, the first thing was I had a water birth. Um, uh, I was 38 um, when I had my baby and it was actually what I wanted and you know nothing it, 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 everything went really smoothly so it, no you know everything went really well um, and it was a really amazing experience hi storm how's it going uh, my name's Sarah founder of London Mums Fitness um, yes in response to your birth plan question I would personally actually use that as birth preferences um, because the plan doesn't always go to a plan it's actually what you prefer should we say um, and I had a natural birth for all three of my children great experience I have to say really good experience at the hospital especially when it came to my second my third um, I knew kind of what to expect obviously every journey is completely different your body is completely different um, but all of them were very positive I found that exercise really played a big part nutrition played a big part and it's all about listening to your body but at the end of the day I think the most important thing is listening to what the midwives have to say because they're the experts and if you trust in them um, they're listening to your body as well because at the end of the day they're doing what's right for mum and baby and the second child second third fourth fifth child question is also huge and also something we discussed today because sandy's very keen to have more than one baby even though this one's not yet out and I've had such a miserable time of it in the last few months that, as you know, I have said one and done repeatedly. I've told you and multiple friends to sit me down <laughs> if I ever talk about having another child. Play me these podcasts. <laughs> play, play me voice notes I've said. Remind me how miserable I was. And so she said, oh, you know, it will, it will affect you having... A second child. I was like, that's fine. I'm not having any more children. And Sandy's face was just like, mm. <laughs> and obviously it's very difficult to have that conversation when you don't even have one yet. But, you know, it is tricky to strike that balance. Like, I don't want to go through pregnancy again. And a lot of my friends are also in the trenches just now. They're in the first trimester. There seem to be a flurry of new pregnancies. Yeah. And, they're texting me saying, how can I do this? Does it get better? And I'm like, um, I've got a great podcast you can listen to. <laughs> might, might not settle your nerves. However, we'll be very honest. And yeah, it's, it's hard to make that decision now or start contemplating that as a factor in your first birth when you you don't even have one child yet, let alone notions of having more yeah I would put that uh, right in the back burner at the moment and not even think about that I can almost guarantee you at about six months Sandy will rethink his stance on baby number two <laughs> I think every parent gets to a point when their baby turns up that they're like how did anyone do this this was <laughs> this was an interesting challenge I've put myself on <laughs> well I turned around to him I said you could have a baby with someone else and he said what put up with someone else's shit for three months <laughs> 
It's like I know how to handle yours. <laughs> like, fair point. Hmm. Yes. So I I wouldn't concern. I wouldn't be concerned because I think over the next uh, twelve months you'll both yo yo um from yes to no and uh, who knows where that will land. Care was a definite no for the last six months, but Otis has just started nursery. He's just done his like bed in days, and he's had two hours off during the day off the parenting duties because he's been in nursery and now he's like do you know what I think we could have another one <laughs> I saw Otis's little bag it was the cutest thing the little personalised bag did that well I saw it and obviously he's not my son but I saw it and part of me was like oh god he's growing up <laughs> I felt that so you must feel oh my like goodness. weird Packing really, him away to nursery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I do absolutely feel that. I feel, I feel like he's a bit too young to be going. Um, and I suppose he's just turned one. That is very young. But that's the way of things now. Both parents have to work, and they just that financially it has to happen. Also, I think that he's getting a bit bored of Caroline's <laughs> chat. He's only got three books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just not you hitting the way it used to. So I think yeah. he needs a bit more stimulus and I think that he'll it'll really, really help his development. But um yeah, it's so cute. So he gets he it's packed off. Care sits with him for half an hour and then Care has to leave. And then he's he's got an hour and a half um wondering how Otis is doing but they send you little updates on the app and on the first day I got a, an update just as I was about to go into the studio to do my show saying Otis is reading books with his new friend Alex <laughs> with a little image a little picture that went with it it was so freaking and cute. it was postman bear <laughs> <laughs> you have a big event coming up at the weekend yes <laughs> which <laughs> Today, Sandy said, why don't I get you a venue? Now, this is, we've been planning for it to be in the house, in the flat. You should say this is your baby shower. Yes. So we're planning on having the baby shower, although I am reluctant to use that word. Because are they showering you with, are they showering you with gifts? Are they showering you with love? The love I'll take, but I feel like, I feel awkward about the, this is about showering. gifts. This is gifts, cold hard cash. <laughs> That's all people are interested in. I looked through the stuff that we have been given so far, secondhand stuff for people. Great. Finally had to look through that on Sunday. And I went through so many emotions during the unpacking. The main stage was feeling so grateful and thinking, oh my God, we've got so much stuff and there's going to be a little person with little mm. legs to put in these baby clothes. <laughs> and then Sandy came through with four more bags and I suddenly tipped into, okay, this is kind of embarrassing, an embarrassing amount of stuff now. Because I was itemizing it. I was doing an inventory so that I knew what we had and then more stuff <laughs> kept showing up. So I had to message the baby shower group and say, we are completely fine for clothes for the first two years, basically. She will be wearing a lot of dinosaur-themed items because a lot of it was boys' clothes. However, I had to say, please don't buy any fashion items, basically, which felt quite weird to say. But, you know, people do gift lists and things for these events I just want to make sure that we don't have huge amounts of stuff that we won't get around to using I mean she must have 
a hundred um, baby grow things of different varieties. Well, which... I mean, you won't. You'll probably get through them all because she'll spew every time she feeds for the first three months. Thought it might be a good opportunity to turn to our mum squad and ask for some advice on things to get a new mum or a mum-to-be. Carol got in touch with some really interesting insights. Hello Storm and Rachel. Um, Just a wee thought on what to give um, somebody after they have just had a baby. Um, I'd like to start by saying what not to give um, and that is... uh, don't load them up with sweeties and chocolate and brownies. Not because those things aren't delicious, and I, of course anyone appreciates those things, but actually what you are desperate for in those exhausted first few months is actual nutrition. Like, show up with a lasagna. Show up with, you know, something that has some nutritional content because you're going to be eating so much rubbish or sort of quickly made things what you crave above all other things is some actual hearty nourishing food so show up with that and even better bonus points if you can parcel it into two person uh, amounts for the freezer because then you've given them a few meals ahead of time that would just be so so welcome you know a curry a doll, something, just feed them so that they can actually survive. And you'll hear in just a few moments that I couldn't agree more with Carol on that. But here's another little golden nugget that I hadn't even thought about. With regard to a baby shower, I think um, the best thing you can do is consider whether there are any other children. Um, If this is a second child or a third child or a fourth child, Um, they're going to be much more aware and grateful of any gift that they get than the baby is. The baby's going to get tons of stuff and they're not even going to know what it is. Um, So I'd recommend giving something to any older siblings. It's going to be much better appreciated. I think a gift list is actually a really good idea. I did one on Amazon. There's all sorts of ways and means that you can do them. Um, But I did one that I, I thought most people I know would have an account and I put loads of things on there. I tried to put things that were under £30 because I thought any more than £30 for a gift, that you're really, that's close family and friends, isn't it? Because you're really stretching people, particularly at the moment. Yeah. And uh, nobody bought anything off my list. Everybody <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I have, so I used to work for John Lewis gift list, the wedding list. Ah, okay. Back in my call centre days. And I remember thinking it was such an alien concept because I was in my early 20s at that point. I'd only probably been to one wedding. And I remember thinking, you know, is it strange to send people a directory and essentially say, I have assigned you these silky pillowcases. (laughs) But it does stop people from buying doubles. The same thing. Because people will sometimes even, I mean, did you not get... Three of the same birthday card for Otis. Yes, I did. From three family members that were directly related. A mum and her two daughters. So my gran and my two aunties all sent me the same card, the first birthday (laughs) card. And they all bought them separately. So I put that up and they were like, all of them contacted me separately going, that is outrageous. Yeah, it's uncanny. But I think it's because people have similar tastes. Of course. And they know you. So they're going to go, oh my God. 
reach or storm would love that that's exactly for them and then you get multiples of things i don't know it's a minefield so so you don't have a list then i don't have a list and i have politely advised everyone not to buy any clothes and that their presence is my present (laughs) and i just want the day to be about all coming together community vibes they're still going to get you gifts so (laughs) good luck with that you're going to get about 500 sterilizers Um, (laughs) (laughs) i can think of something there what sort of gifts do you get Um, but i had to think about because i knew it was your baby shower coming up and i had to think about the five top gifts that we were given when Otis was born. So unusual gifts that you don't think about that come in so unbelievably handy and they're just really precious. So the first one was actually from Jeremy Vine himself. Ooh, the big dog. Yeah, the big dog. He bought a selection <laughs> of Julia Donaldson books. So the author of The Gruffalo. And she's written more than just The Gruffalo, you'll be surprised to hear. And he bought a, like a, what would you call that? A collection? Nice. A Julia Donaldson collection. It was just gorgeous and I remember him once saying that your academic achievement is directly correlated by the number of books that your parents had in the house when you were born I'm not sure whether that's true or not or when you were growing up and I thought he really gave Otis a head start there so I just thought that was a really precious gift that's nice now the other thing that he actually did get later on when Otis had arrived which I think is a really good gift for an expectant mum and a few other people it contributed in the same manner is food food is the one thing that you don't think about that a new mum doesn't have time to make that they need sustenance so ready-made meals if you can bring around some ready-made meals that they can shove in the freezer and just have to pop in the oven or the microwave for a quick meal so that they can be nourished I mean they're producing nourishing food for the baby somebody needs to nourish them and they won't have time if you can afford um you know some of the really high you know we're talking marks and spencer stuff here if you can't afford that nobody's expecting it a little home cooked banana loaf champion put that in the freezer you can have it later or you can you can have a slice every now and then Uh, just eat vouchers or deliveroo vouchers all those takeaway brands do vouchers and they are sensational too so i think that's my sister-in-law bought me a rocket have you ever heard of that (laughs) to just propel yourself into outer space when things get a bit desperate no what is what does a rocket do you might have thought that you were done with vibrating contraptions (laughs) but you're not so the rocket is basically a bit of kit that's shaped like a rocket that attaches to your cot or your side cot, or your, we did it a lot on the pram, that vibrates so it feels like the cot or the pram's moving and that sends your baby into a deep sleep. It's so unbelievably handy, particularly if your baby wakes up when you stop moving the pram. Mm. So a lot of babies will fall asleep when you're out on a walk and then you get them in the house and you stop and everything changes and they wake up. But if you've got the rocket on just before you get into the house, then when you stop the Pram still moving. I don't know why I feel the need to jiggle as I'm saying. <laughs> it's that. very attractive. It's just, it's an incredible contraption I hadn't even heard about. Yeah. And uh, I would definitely advise one of them. Another thing that I didn't think about was a clock for the nursery. One of uh, the people that regularly appear on our show, Crystal Fufas, who is possibly the most generous man you will ever meet gifted me I didn't expect a gift gifted me a a clock and at the time I thought 
it's beautiful. It had a little giraffe on it. It was gorgeous. And it had Otis's name. I thought that's such a great gift. What a weird gift to give an expectant mum or, you know, a new mum, a clock. You don't think about how necessary that is in the nursery. The amount of times you will be spending in there thinking, this, I have to have been in here for three hours. It must be evening by now. Try not to drop your phone on the baby's face. <laughs> you get lost in time. Well, you can't really have your phone because the light will wake the baby up. Then it's blue lights waking you up. Oh, so it's far more helpful to keep it dark and, and have a clock visible so that you can stay sane. Mm. Um, so they would be my tips. What have I got? Books, rocket, food, clock. This is if you have a little bit more cash to spend because it is expensive. I think it's just over 100 quid. Actually, it might not be as much as that. I can't remember now. But a Tommy Tippy, if you know someone isn't breastfeeding and they're going to be using formula or they're going to be doing a bit of both or they've tried the breastfeeding, it's not working. A, a bottle maker. We have the Tommy Tippy. There's lots of different brands. I think we've been gifted one of those. They're tremendous. It will. I think we have a second-hand one. It, it doesn't matter. I have no idea. Like it all. The one issue with having things donated or having second-hand things is the, the instructions aren't there. So there's bags of bottles, which I believe is a steriliser slash bottle warmer upper. And there's also a carrier we've been gifted, mm -hmm. one that you wear, but we can't work out whether it goes on your back or your front. And we don't know do you know what make it, it is? Uh, no, but I'll find out. So my advice, I, I think it's great that people have given you these things because Tommy, Tommy Tippy Machine, the bottle maker, sorry, I keep branding it. There are other bottle makers. I'm not saying that this one is the best one. I'm just saying that's the one I've got. Um, <laughs> are very, very expensive and there's no need to get it new. So just put a new filter in it and you're good to go. I would get the brand of the whatever it is you've got, whether it's carrier, the machine, the steriliser, and I would just look up online. All manuals for everything reasonably modern seem to be online and, and you can find out how to use it appropriately there because I think it's really important that you do use these things. God, I've gone really serious now. But you don't want to be putting a harness on wrongly and the baby yeah, yeah. Out, right so it's the most precious thing in the world to you what was in that harness that you were wearing <laughs> oh my god to, you don't want to be making milk with water that hasn't been filtered properly so no. you know read the manuals great that you get things second hand but read the manuals but they would be my top tips so i've got um bottle maker a clock for the nursery a rocket books and food my goodness and then other things are just helpful like nappies uh, cloths and things because you'll go through them rapid and also one of these little jumpers for later on you know that they sit in and they jump about because you end up using that much earlier than you think you're going to with um, a barker and a crier and it just doesn't sound like something that I can remain sane through um, but I think you're going to have a great time and I can't wait to see all the 500 sterilisers that you get <laughs> And 50 breast pumps. <laughs> Can I open a small dairy farm? Yeah, I, I'm very excited and I'm really sad that you can't make it. I'm also intrigued how we're going to get the house ready in the next three days, but we'll work it out. We'll work it out. The house is ready. It's got four walls. It's got a roof. Yeah, You're done. Yeah. That's mm. all that's needed. Yeah. It'll fit 40 people on it. Everyone will make do and make space. And, and make friends. Certainly each other's needs. Well, yeah, they'll certainly make friends. <laughs> Tell everyone to have a mint before they, <laughs> before they come to the party. 
Nobody needs halitosis in those circumstances. One of my friends that I mentioned is having difficulty with the old first trimester sickness. She's, she had her wedding at the weekend and she managed to 10 o'clock before she was sick on her new husband's shoes. Oh. But she messaged me today and she said, so people who have been drinking, breathing near me is a real trigger. <laughs> I don't know if I can survive Saturday. And I said, that's fine. You can only do what you can do. Does she so, have a dog? No. Okay, well, I would suggest sending her a roll of poo bags. They're very helpful to have in your pocket in the first trimester. Just, they can be nappy bags. It doesn't really matter. As long as you have an open plastic bag, uh, you know, in, in a pocket, you're fine. Bless her. Get well soon. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. God, we've been there. We've certainly been there. Uh, listen, enjoy the baby shower, whether you have it in a venue or whether you have it at home. And I uh, will see you on the other side. Okay, speak soon. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Mums in the Making. Join us next week when we discuss the worst bits about pregnancy, settling your child into nursery, and the kindness of strangers. And don't forget, if you want to join in our podcast, then just follow me on Instagram at Storm Huntley and send us a voice note. But until then, it's bye for now.